if you learn how to control it, the entrepreneurial brain becomes the most powerful tool in your arsenal. In this podcast, I will dive deep into the psychology and biology behind it to help you understand yourself and ultimately become your best, most authentic self. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast. Today I'm here with Victor Mifsud. He is a natural vision educator, citizen scientist and a documentary filmmaker. He recently completed a future-linked documentary called My Neuroplastic Adventure. Love this title. I love your, your branding with Instagram, the, the blind biohacker. Super excited for this one. Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, that was a brief introduction from my side. But yeah, tell people a little bit about yourself, about your journey. Would love to hear more. Okay, sure. Uh, so the reason I'm called the blind biohacker is at an early age, I was diagnosed with a vision condition called retinitis pigmentosa. And that really means I am blind or legally blind, however you want to put it. And the symptoms of that condition are severe night blindness and tunnel vision. Uh, I do have my central vision so I can see what's in front of me and perfect clarity and, and focus. Uh, it did worsen uh, when I was 21 and it kind of kept getting worse along with other health issues that I had and couldn't really figure out why this was happening to me. Western medicine didn't really have any answers for me. It was just kind of like uh, you have this condition and, you know, just bear to, to go blind and, and that's it. So I, I spent a lot of life just kind of waiting to go blind. And I had a lot of cognitive issues, uh, emotional, mental health issues, health issues like sleep problems and just, you know, brain fog, all that stuff for most of my life and didn't really have many answers. In, in the Western model in terms of what was wrong with me. So, you know, through some life-changing events at around 30, I kind of hit my wall, uh, you know, being, you know, suffering from major depression and, again, getting cataracts at 30. So my eyesight was getting worse with, the, with, with cataracts and as well as my my vision loss my peripheral vision kind of fading inwards and i i thought that this can't be how it's going to end and started to take my health into my own hands and came across some really interesting books like dr norman deutsch's the brain that changes itself dr gabor mate's scattered minds it's about the true origins of attention deficit deficit disorder And uh, I, I came across some uh, natural holistic vision books like Take Off Your Glasses and See by Dr. Jacob Lieberman. And I, after reading these books, I was like, why isn't anyone talking about this stuff? It's, it's mm -hmm. like really spotlights the power of the, the body to heal itself from cognitive issues mental health issues and uh and even vision issues you know the, the mainstream pretty much says that all these areas are like you have these conditions and you're 
left with them for the rest of your life, or maybe take some antidepressants or just keep wearing glasses until it gets worse. And I thought that, you know, this isn't the, you know, this wasn't the answer. And like hearing these stories of personal transformation with neuroplasticity really was, was groundbreaking to me. And I thought like, I need to, to try these modalities. I ended up meeting a lot of these people like Dr. Norman Deutsch, like Dr. Gabor Mate and, uh, and a few others who are in my documentary film, my neuroplastic adventure. I, you know, I used a lot of these, these practices to, to change my, my brain, change my mental health, even to change my, my vision. Uh, I'm still working on some of those aspects, uh, but I've seen some radical transformation in myself. And now I'm just in the process of sharing to, you know, my audience, what, what I've learned empowering people that, that the, the body, mind, and soul can mm. change for, for the better if, if given the right environment. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's a concept that really everyone should understand and embrace. And it's a shame coming from my ADHD background. It's the same, like this quick fix band-aid approach of Western medicine, not to bash too much on Western medicine, because there are also like good things about it. Obviously, if you have a broken leg and surgeries, great stuff happening there, but really this, this concept of neuroplasticity, how healing yourself and the, the immense healing power of the body especially if it's aligned with nature like from my biohacking perspective so much is really getting in back in sync with nature like circadian rhythm so i'd love to have any thoughts of you like wherever you want to start in terms of the theme combining ancient wisdom and modern science maybe start with neuroplasticity whatever comes to mind first yeah sure well neuroplasticity is, is basically the the brain's ability to change itself You know, we were often taught that, you know, after a certain age, your brain is the way it is. And it's going to be like that for the rest of your life. But, you know, in, in the past 15, 20 years, we've learned that the brain can actually change, but a, a change can be positive or negative. So neuroplasticity can be a negative or a positive thing. Uh, depends what stimulus you're, you're giving the body. Uh, and that, that same application of neuroplasticity applies to the eyes because we see with the brain, mostly with the brain, not with the eye itself. And even, even it applies to mental health as, uh, you know, certain implicit actions and traumas set early on, you know, from the zero to seven age group kind of form your adult pers perspective. But as you get older, that, that wall kind of comes down into our conscious self. So we kind of are set in our ways, but we need different, environmental stimulus such as like psychedelic therapies to kind of bring down the wall from the unconscious to the conscious to help to help change our mind so to speak and the same applies to you know learning the same applies to uh bettering our brain and um yeah and i've used a lot of these techniques to really to change myself so it, it's 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 really interesting and that, again, not too many people are, are talking about it because I think it, it's just it's a different mindset approach to saying, oh, wow, the brain can change and I can do these certain things. It might be a bit challenging to, to, to rewire the brain. For example, I went to uh, this place called Aerosmith School. It's featured in my documentary. I learned about that school through the founder, Barbara Aerosmith. She was diagnosed 
with severe learning disabilities uh, at a young age. And she figured out through the work of Alexander Luria, a Russian neuroscientist, that if she was to do these certain cognitive exercises, that she could, in fact, uh, wire, rewire her brain to, to bypass or to strengthen weakened neural networks to actually encourage the brain to, to learn in a certain way. So it ends up remapping and, and strengthening these processes to help uh, with different types of uh, learning disabilities or learning dysfunctions, which I was, you know, diagnosed with, uh, you know, I, I was always not that great in school. So at 30, I'm 42 now at 30, I went back to school as an adult to go oh, back to that school, Aerosmith school to kind of reprogram my brain and uh, through, you know, full time, two years doing these novel brain exercises what kind uh, of exercises out there uh well they're uh it's it's pretty interesting some of the the exercises first it starts with a brain assessment to see where your brain is at and then you know they've isolated 19 different learning dysfunctions and it found out that i had like six kind of weakened uh brain deficits and uh the the exercises are, are really kind of strange some involve like a patching of the eye and and tracing these these weird symbols over and over. Uh, others are this uh, clock face that pops up on a computer and you have to type in what time it is like over and over. And the, the, the faces of the hands are, are in different positions. And as you as you get faster, there ends up being more clock hands appear on the clock to and it kind of. It, it, it's connected to uh, spatial reasoning mm. and uh, and like an understanding of the world. It, it's 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 really interesting. They've done before and after fMRI studies on kids who've done this exercise over a long period of time and showed a lot of uh, neural uh, connections through these these exercises. Uh, there's a lot of like listening exercises. There's um, there's exercises where they you have a, a picture an image and you have to write kind of like detailed descriptions on what you think is going on. It's really, it, I mean, it's, it's not like math equations or writing essays. It's very, very different than, than what we learned in, in, in school. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating. The, the, how, you know, neuroplasticity can, can work in, in different ways, you know, even now with, uh, with, with the eyes as well it's, it's a bit separate from from that school but it's another branch on on how to change our eyesight as well so it's it's just super fascinating so it's it's what i you know it's what i i'm, I'm talking about most most of the time to empower people that it's it's most definitely possible yeah what andrew huberman does say very often i love it like the eyes are the brain super fascinating they're just doing development they are just yeah part of the brain basically and therefore can change i think with growth mindset is really getting correction at least in my circles and in, in general the importance of mindset and change is the, the awareness is rising especially in the area of eyes i think i've never heard anyone talk about you can improve for your eyes you can they are like glasses they are the quick fix and it's something that you can't change so in that area i still think it's very very 
yeah, exciting, especially like I'm a little bit familiar with the work of Andrew Huberman, where they already had studies with blind mice curing blind blindness. So that's super interesting. So yeah, what kind of maybe coming to the eyes now, what kind of stuff can we do there to, to improve our vision? Topics, well, no dropics as well as, or in terms of supplements as well as exercises would be interested. Like sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can most definitely get into that. Well, first of all, I'm actually uh, launching the Vision Optimization Summit. It's coming in the, the early spring of 2021. I have a I have a list of uh, eight amazing speakers who are covering topics like circadian biology, the power of light, uh, color therapy, peptides, uh, trauma's effect on eyesight. And, uh, and a few other topics. It's going to be amazing. So you can just go to visionoptimizationsummit.com to register for the summit. Um, but uh, to sort of, yeah, to, to kind of go back to, you know, the, the main problem these days is, is, is glasses, people wearing glasses. Uh, and, you know, we, we're, we were taught that, you know, you go to the optometrist, your eyes are weak, they give you glasses you know, then you can see, and then, you know, you go back to your appointment, like a year later, your glasses get stronger, your eyes get weaker. You know, why is it that, you know, we think that the eyes are the only part of the body that, that can't seem to heal. And I often say this, you break your arm, you put a cast on the body knows what to do and it heals itself. But why anything with the eyes, it's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're fucked. You're screwed. Mm -hmm. Use my language. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, over a, about 100 years ago, there was a guy named uh, Dr. William Bates um, who was talking about this. Um, he was basically saying that, you know, glasses, modern glasses end up weakening the eyes and acts like a, a crutch because the way some of the glasses are designed, they don't allow the eyes to move properly or rest properly and it actually slowly weakens them. So classical um, band-aid thing, put a band-aid over it and then you worsen the problem over time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like LASIK eye surgery is, is again, it's, it's a, it's a band-aid. It's not correcting the, uh, the, the main issue. And there's, there's a lot of things that, that weaken the eyes these days it is like indoor existence our technology, our screens, harmful lighting, like LED lighting, uh, our phones are, you know, poorly lit and just not getting enough natural light into the eyes. I mean, we're, we're often taught to fear the sun because it's damaging to the eyes. But if you know how to harness the sun's power from morning sunrise to, to noonday to, to sunset, these frequencies need to be timed in the eyes to, to set our circadian clock and to give the eyes you know, nutrients, uh, and, uh, infrared is, is very beneficial towards the eyes. But one of the main things with the, with the eyes is, is, is stress, uh, in, in the same way that, you know, when we're kind of stressed, we, we, we don't realize that we're clenching our jaw. So it's so subtle. So the eye, here's a little eye here has, a uh, has tons of, muscles sur surrounding it and um when when the eye is stressed 
it's kind of certain muscles get get tensed. And here I am kind of squeezing the eye a little bit. So when we squeeze the eye, it, it changes the shape of the eye. So if it along if you if the muscles squish the eye, it elongates the eye. And when you elongate the eye, you change the refraction. So you won't be able to see either nearsighted or farsighted. So the, the goal is to, to realize how to release the subtle tensions in the eye to, to stop the, the, uh, the squeezing of, the, of these muscles. So, and this could be done with various techniques. There's a technique called palming. So it's pretty much putting the, uh, the palms or like over your eye, not pressing too hard and almost holding the eyes for five minutes, 10 minutes, it actually kind of holds them. So your, your, your muscles aren't, aren't holding them or, or pushing them out. And this kind of gains this awareness of how much stress and strain we're putting on the eyes. And this technique, you know, done, you know, over a period of time can in fact, uh, radically improve vision. Uh, amongst, you know, getting proper light in the eye as well. Like I said, infrared is, is shown to actually improve uh, uh, visual acuity. Um, so there's, and at the same time, trauma, whether it's ancestral trauma or child from trauma from, a, from childhood, whatever, it's, it's so unconscious that we we don't really realize that we're, we're holding our, our eyes in a certain way. So for example, if you were traumatized a certain, a certain way, whatever it was, and if it was set at a certain distance, your, your body didn't want to see that trauma. So the way it doesn't want to see that trauma because it wasn't dealt with, it just blurs out the vision wow. and, and it can manifest in, in, in different ways, whether it's just glasses or I've, I've heard people going, you know, radically, blind like completely blind or you know with me i think my retinitis pigmentosa was an ancestral trauma and uh it it blocked off side vision for me so it, it can manifest it in so many different ways um and if it was an ancestral trauma it was embedded in my ancestors and it, and it gets headed down handed down um you know genetically because this condition seen is seen as a genetic condition so, and it's possible if you alleviate the trauma, the, the vision can, uh, can in fact, uh, come back. So, uh, there, there's a really, you know, one of the most interesting books that I had read about it was by Dr. Jacob Lieberman, who wrote the book, uh, take off your glasses and see. Um, and he, again, was, was kind of, was my first, you know, look into saying like, oh, wow, there's, there's a bigger connection between trauma mm. and, and, and eyesight. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. At a certain level, it definitely, I mean, if I would, if you would have told me that three years ago, I would have been like, whoa, that sounds so crazy. But like after learning a lot about the, the brain and knowing like, for example, we are visual creatures, we, we, we mentioned spatial reasoning. So there's so much and so much depth into the, the visual part into our brain system. It's, it's, very ancient, very old. And then after realizing how, how trauma works and then tense muscles and whatever, like the body is, the subconscious is the body is one quote that I 
really like. And if you, you understand that at a certain level, it really, it's no wonder that that's a possibility that also eyesight is dependent or in, in correlation with trauma and therefore also can be improved by certain mm -hmm. techniques and working on yourself. Yeah, well, uh, a, a few quotes come to mind. Carl Jung, until you make mm -hmm. the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. The other one is, is Alan Watts. And it goes, um, uh, what you see outside of you is how you feel inside your head. Mm -hmm. And um, which, which, you know, the unconscious is so powerful and, and so we're so kind of unaware that it's controlling so much of our, our body. I mean, it's, it's how our thyroid gland is functioning. It's how we're breathing. It's how, you know, my eyes are just blinking. Um, and, and once you kind of gain an understanding of how much of that is going on unconsciously through, through neuroplastic work, through, you know, psychedelic therapy or through, through meditation or just through, you know, like body scanning and you kind of realize how much is going on and it, it's so yeah there's a study that showed that people with split personality disorder had mm -hmm. each of their personalities had an entirely different prescription of glasses so one personality wore like thicker glasses you know the other personality wore like a completely different prescription mm -hmm. same body but Crazy. all in the mind of their split personalities had radically different. I mean, they even had, you know, different blood pressure and one had like a thyroid problem. Again, same people, mm. but it was so, you know, so it's just like, what's going on? It's, it's yeah. really, really, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I love these, especially also the split brain experiments because they're like so many insights to gain and such crazy what things are happening in the body. But, but you mentioned it also, like how big it's like it's a muscular issue. And then that's, it's mechanics. Like you mentioned, if certain muscles are dense, the, the eye is in a certain shape and there will be issues. At some level, what I find super interesting, because I talk a lot about um, body and mind connection, a lot of breath work and, and self-awareness and the, the connecting to your eyes. It's just a thing that I've never thought about a lot. But in the end, like if you have dense muscles, it's also... Have you had like any improvements of getting, I guess so, but getting better at fine movements with your eyes at, at yeah, controlling your eyes consciously, if you wanted to put it that way? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I, I used to wear glasses and um, I was wearing glasses my whole life. And my, you know, aside from my retinitis pigmentosa, uh, my glasses were getting worse, thicker. And uh, after kind of reading that, that book, Take Off Your Glasses and See, I started working with a holistic optometrist. And uh, like before that, I would always notice like these glasses were giving me a headache. I just, my eyes kind of felt funny. And um, so I started working with this holistic optometrist and they decided to remove the stigmatism part of my glasses. And as soon as that happened, my eyes felt like they could relax for the first time. And I, through, you know, relaxation processes, through, you know, trauma reduction therapy, I ended up radically reducing my glasses prescription by over 33%. And, uh, you know, which is pretty much unheard of. Now I practice not wearing glasses, you know, most of the time. 
but uh, and you know, with my vision condition, retinitis pigmentosa, ten plus years ago, I actually started to get cataracts. Uh, so uh, they started to get pretty worse pretty fast, mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up doing the cataract surgery. I waited a long time to see how I could uh, change this, but uh, I ended up going through the surgery. So uh, I I now wear because of the nature of the surgery, I now wear glasses to read things up close because it's just the nature of the, the surgery, but I'm now in process to, to train my eyes to, to see things up close. Mm -hmm. So, and now with the retinitis pigmentosa, I'm, I'm still uh, learning a lot on how to completely reverse that with the use of peptides and trauma reduction procedures and color light therapy so that's kind of my next venture i mean i had some pretty serious vision problems i was told i was going to go completely blind by 30 and i'm 42 and you know i'm i'm not mm -hmm. uh, blind so i uh, my last checkup from a year's worth of of peptide uh, procedures uh, I, i've shown some uh, change in my peripheral in, in the right eye. So I've actually have some peripheral improvement in the right eye. I'm still working with peptides. I'm still working with uh, red light therapy. Uh, I'm going to be going in for a, another vision checkup in the next uh, couple of weeks to see how much more improvements are going on. But, you know, my condition in Western medicine, it's like, there's nothing that can be done about it. So don't bother trying i mean you know there's the potential of, of stem cells and uh you know and the work that you know dr huberman's lab is doing which which i'm in the process of uh of getting in touch with him they're using polypeptide injections in the eye with vr which i think is so fascinating and they say they have a cure for blindness and in, in about uh two years so i'm still like i said technically legally blind I'm still like learning uh, the process to 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 fully get my vision back to to normal. But I mean, I've learned so much uh, compared to where I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where I thought everything was just going to be the way it was. And I was just going to accept, you know, going completely blind. But, you know, here I am today and things are improving. And now I'm, I'm teaching people how to you know, empower themselves to, to take control of their brain and, and their eyes and their mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And we can't stress enough, like how important the mindset piece is just if you are in that situation and people from outside only telling you, yeah, you, you can't get better. It will get worse. So that's definitely like the first and most important step in the, in the journey of getting the, the, the yeah, confidence really to follow that and keep going, even though I, 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 pretty sure that it's like a, a journey that takes some place some time to see improvements and not like you do one exercise and then you're instantly better so i'd love to learn more about that that mindset journey and maybe even well i'd like to touch upon a, a point you just made in terms of you know the doctor the doctor's role in in, in disempowering a lot of people into thinking that they can't heal themselves like when i was younger mm -hmm first diagnosed, you know, this, this man in a white lab coat says, you have retinitis pigmentosa, there's nothing you can do about it. 
and I'm just like, oh, okay. So right away that those words completely disempowered me to be like, well, I'm, I'm screwed. Nothing can be done about it. My eyes are just going to get worse. I have to sit and twiddle my thumbs and maybe wait for some, you know, treatment, you know, and, and for years I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be a treatment. Maybe there'll be a treatment, you know, and it's been, you know, 30 years and, 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 and there's still, you know, research of like, oh, the cure for blindness is 10 years away. You know, they keep saying the cure for blindness is 10 years away. They've been saying that for the past 30 years. So, you know, what am I going to do? Wait for the rest of my life for, for a cure to happen? You know, so that's why I, I took my health in my own hands. Nobody taught me that, you know, vision, you can fix uh, your eyes. You, you know, you, you don't need glasses or you can just like let go. And, th and that's the thing with, with uh, the vision. It's, it's all about just finding the stress and, 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 and seeing and just like letting go. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a, it's not to force yourself to see, it's almost like to let go and then you can see, but, um, but yeah, but um, in terms of the, the psychedelics, um, they are really, really, really fascinating substances. There, there's a few, you know, different ones that can act on certain systems, you know, MDMA, psilocybin mushrooms, ketamine, LSD, ayahuasca. I mean, I've, I've worked with, with all of them in different contexts. Uh, MDMA actually was, was really interesting towards me like during an MDMA experience. My, my peripheral vision completely opened up. I felt this incredible letting go sensation like in my eye, kind of behind my eye, in my brain that I've never felt before. And while I was kind of in the experience, just really, you know, like being with it and, and letting go, it felt so normal. And, I, and as I kind of let go, my, my vision just completely like opened up. And uh, I mean, it, it lasted the night and kind of went back in, in, to what it was in the morning, but it kind of gave me a little glimpse showing like what the heck happened. Uh, you know, like, and it kind of touches upon what I was saying before about the complete relaxation and how much stress and strain am I putting on my, my eye all the time. I mean, if I've been doing that for the most of my life, like that, you know, it's, it's there. So it's, it's, it's a real like learning uh, on, on how to, to let go and the subtleties inside the system of, of where we're holding on to, to trauma. And, um, and that's what the psychedelics can do because there's a, a somatic release that happens because trauma can actually embed itself in different parts of the body. Trauma can manifest into autoimmune conditions, cancer, you know, vision problems. But again, it, it's talking about it's touching upon the unconscious mind of, of how much control there is. So psychedelics bring down the barrier. So the unconscious and subconscious can, can, can talk to the unconscious mind. Uh, psychedelics need to be done in, in a proper set and setting. Ayahuasca is done ceremonially with, with, with shaman or, you know, nowadays some psychedelics are done in uh, therapeutic settings with a, with a guide, a sitter, you know, psilocybin is, is shown to create the birth of new neurons. So it causes neurogenesis, uh, which is, you know, essentially accelerating neuroplasticity uh yeah they, they've they've 
the, the main thing that they've done is really allow me to address a lot of unconscious trauma that was, was, you know, I had a pretty difficult, challenging childhood uh, with uh, an abusive parent. You know, I just growing up with this vision condition as well was pretty traumatizing and just feeling so different than, than everybody else. And, you know, psychedelics really taught me that um, I, I, I don't need to hold on to these traumas that I can let go of these actually just, it showed, it showed me where they were, where the energetic signature was, was in my body and uh, just allows, uh, allows me to like, let go of these past traumas. Like, like nothing else, because it's hard to do consciously. You know, yeah. forms of cognitive behavioral therapy is, is a talk therapy, but you're, you're, you're conscious, and it's like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. You can talk about your trauma or your childhood till you're, you know, blue in the face, but nothing, no bigger, no big change kind of can happen, because a lot of this stuff is, is so old and, and unconscious. So you kind of need to be in an altered state to, to address these uh, things and psychedelics can, can play a, uh, an amazing role in that. And I'm not advocating for people just to, you know, run around at a party and, and take LSD or context set and setting is very, 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 very important. So I just want to kind of add that in there. Yeah, definitely an important piece of the puzzle, because if you're on the wrong setting, things can go badly. An intention is important, the right set and setting. The feeling of safety, again, is also one thing that if you have the right, the wrong influences, that's not the, the best idea to, well, tripping. And yeah, what you just said, I love, I had exactly the same experience that I really could yeah break old belief patterns was a bit big thing for me like working in the the money was a big thing i was driven in the court, corporate world and consulting and it was my main thing and really lost my inner voice because during that journey it was a long time for me i felt like oh i want to be an entrepreneur and i want to have like my creative project and follow my passions and I just suppressed that all the time and eventually I ended up in a position so far away that I disconnected a lot from my body, like my yeah body-mind connection, if you want. I did exercise, but only in a gym. So, so many disconnections on certain levels. And psychedelics really, they are like the interconnectedness in your brain and, and you can see past your, your old, maybe faulty, maybe healthy belief patterns and have that outside child's perspective, which is, I guess, a great chance to start neuroplasticity. Yeah. And, and, you know, in Western, in the Western world, we weren't really taught that, you know, the, this, the whole unconscious aspect of ourselves and everything is just, you know, in, in this moment and not really addressing these, these problems. And it, it's, it's clearly just clearly an epidemic of, of mental health going on right now. Uh, and again, I think that's why these medicines now have, have hit a, a renaissance is, you know, people are in desperate need to, to feel better, to feel more of themselves, to not get so hung up on, on stuff from the past. And, uh, you know, if you really think about it, you know, the past think of how how deep society has been traumatized for the past you know 
thousands of years. People come from different parts of the world. People have moved around because of, you know, traumas of, of wars or natural disasters. And they have to go here, they have to go there. And all this stuff like rests in, in our DNA and in, in the unconscious mind. And uh, without proper alleviation, you know, parents act a certain way and then they hand on their trauma to their kids and their kids and their kids and their kids and, you know, welcome to modern day society where everyone's addicted to things. Nobody wants to feel their own pain and people just want to instant gratification. And, uh, you know, the world is, 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 is a bit of a mess right now. Um, you know, people are waking up to it. People want to take their health into their own hands. People are realizing that they're not feeling well or, or not sleeping properly and, and how much uh, is going on. And, you know, like I said, so it's, it's a really interesting time. And uh, it, it's nice to, to see a lot of people want to try these things and acknowledge their trauma. So, but all these things are connected. You know, the eyes, the brain, and, and our emotional well-being is all a part of this balance of our inner world and our outer world to make us, you know, happy, healthy, productive, spiritual beings. I mean, we had it in the 70s, psychiatrists were like, oh, LSD and psilocybin, they're like the wonder drugs. And then for no logical reason, but just for political reasons, it got slammed, no research for like quite some time. And now there's the re-emerge. And I'm really seeing that is the only path forward, especially like with Corona, with all these mental health problems that we have and taking in sort of con into consideration that it's like the, the healing approach, not again, the antidepressants take this pill every day and you will feel all right, but the start into taking self-responsibility and experiencing like how much change, how much power we have. And I feel like there's really power if we as a society are able to reintegrate some of these ways of using these plants in a way that they are responsible use and then that they are accepted as part of our society. Because at the moment, we don't have anything in that regard. And it's like you mentioned, super left brain dominant if you want very much externally focused world that only looks at the the outcome the, the more 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 that is very ingrained into our whole society and it, which is in the end the collective unconscious yeah and uh, you know there's some really interesting books and documentaries about it and uh you know when i first found out about it i was at such a point in my life where, like i was desperate and uh i was like i need to try something radically different because I don't want to go on meds again. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up, you know, flying to the Amazon jungle it, to Peru in, in, in 2011 to, to try ayahuasca. I thought that was absolutely insane. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. I thought I might die out there. And there's a whole other world of, you know, our, our inner space that is so vast that, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on there that can help us, you know, function in this reality or dimension. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's an exciting time to be. There's a lot of research and a lot of science now proving on, on what they do. FMRI studies at the Imperial College of London with Robin Carter Harris. And yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And the work that Great Maps is doing. Alive. Have you had any uh, personal experiences with uh, psychedelics in terms of transformation as well? 
Yeah, I think that really played a big role. As I mentioned, I was working in the corporate world uh, before and then really helped me because it was like strategy consulting. So it was a lot of effort to go there, good nates in university, a long path of internships. And then I, when you finally arrived and noticed like, I hated being here. I was still in these belief patterns that this is my way to go after spending like so much effort and so much way. And they really helped me um, yeah, breaking loose from these beliefs and connecting again with my inner voice. And since then, I've like also worked a lot on my trauma and realizing yeah, where a lot of my, my issues that manifest in my life, where they come from, getting more self-awareness, getting more in touch with my body. So for me, they've really been a lifesaver, if you wonder. Like we talked in the beginning, my life has never been better. Like I'm so much more aligned. The universe is aligned, pieces falling into place. And this is just by, yeah, not just by psychedelics, but as I mentioned, psychedelics were one of the first steps that really got me taking self-responsibility and exploring more into these which i want to address now things like breath work things like connecting with your body and mind having the, the restorative phases and so talking about biohacking what are some of your favorite tools and techniques what are some things you would want to share light has been probably one of the most beneficial hacks for me i'm living in toronto right now i'm you know my ancestry is 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 maltese my family's from malta so i'm very mediterranean and uh, living up here the uh the light cycles at this latitude are, are very different than than the mediterranean you know for three four months out of the year we do we don't get the uvb light signal which is responsible for vitamin d that lack of of, of light really affects my my mood my overall sense of well-being for a long time and I didn't know and you know I was taking vitamin D and it wasn't doing anything so I just realized how important light is and and what it's it's composed of so you know like infrared so I I, I love using red light therapy devices I have a, uh, a vitamin D lamp as well so you know and and learning about circadian timing like morning sunlight how important that is for our circadian clock uh, grounding walking barefoot is also very important uh, and you know learning that the body's an electrical system and it can be affected by certain types of electromagnetic frequencies very harmful stuff like cell phones wi-fi smart meters cell towers you know it's it's you know, so just learning that all these things that we might not necessarily be able to see can have a radical effect. I mean, we think a light is on or off and it's a light, but that's not the case. There's like light spectrums and, and, and time of day that you're seeing these lights. It's the same thing with, with these electromagnetic fields. You know, you can't see them, but they're, you know, they're powering the internet for God's sakes. They're, they're powering our phones. You know, are they safe not really sure about that one i don't i don't i don't think so and there's a lot of data showing that that they're they're not necessarily safe you know like 5g and you know so we need to do more to kind of combat that by living the more natural life like our ancestors were you know they, we didn't have lights you know we had fire which is 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 a light but that's kind of a balanced red infrared spectrum so that doesn't trigger the blue light 
melanopsin receptor in the eye disrupting, you know, melatonin secretion at night. Mm. Um, so yeah. And, and water, our bodies are two thirds water, you know, tap water might not be a good idea to drink because it's full of chlorine and it's full of, you know, chemicals and, and medications that don't get properly filtered out. And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, doesn't have that. It loses that, that charge, the exclusion zone charge that Dr. Pollock figured out that water has four phases. So it's really important to drink really good water to help with this, with our body battery, right? Is the light, the water, and this magnetic flux is, is, is so important for our body battery. And if all those things are disconnected, you're not going to feel that great. So, mm. and again, we can't see, we can see water, but you know, if you hold two cups of water side by side, we think they're the same thing, but you know, if you, upon further inspection, they're not, you know, one's charged, one has, you know, things that we can't see in it, like heavy metals, et cetera. So all these things were, were um, and these are just basic kind of hacks that, that, that I was doing to, to really get my, myself back in, back in balance, you know, and then there, there's new things like peptides, which is, you know, kind of beyond um, that peptides, I believe are the future of, of medicine. There's a lot of talk about peptides right now. And basically a peptide is an amino acid uh, chain sequence that uh, the body naturally naturally creates our thyroid kind of creates peptides insulin is a peptide but there's so many different peptides bioregulators that focus on specific parts of the body eyes heart uh liver uh and then there's other ones uh that that help the immune system help uh bone repair ligament repair and the one of the main reasons why i got into peptides is because of of uh of the russians uh, creating a lot of these peptide bioregulators. And there was a lot of amazing studies showing what these retinal peptides were doing for my condition, retinitis pigmentosa. So, I mean, I'm working right now with one of the, the top doctors, Dr. Seeds, um, getting guidance um, with him, uh, sh you know, helping me and my body um, be in this kind of Goldilocks environment to, to help my eyes uh, give the best chance to to reverse my vision condition, and like I said, you know, before I've seen some radical shifts with uh, with my with my eyesight. So I'm still in process, and you know, if this damage was there for for 30, 40 years, it might take a bit of time to to kind of slowly uh, reverse things. But things are going that way, and uh, so yeah, peptides are, are pretty interesting. Definitely a lot of great stuff happening on all different kinds of areas. Uh, I would love to learn before one thing. I would love to know if there's any nutrition specific that you are watching out for. And one thing going a little bit more in depth with your um, red light, vitamin B light, like what's your schedule there? What kind of device are you using? Uh, right now, in terms of uh, the red light therapy device, I am using one by uh, EMR Tech. It's, uh, I think they're at electromagnetic revolution on Instagram. Um, they have some pretty good lights. Uh, red light rising is also a great company. We have, uh, Brian, uh, from red light rising on the summit, doing a talk on the power of red light for the eyes. You can uh, shine the red light therapy device 
with the eyes closed, you know, for about 30 seconds to, to show some amazing benefits with these devices. I use a, uh, a Spurty vitamin D lamp as well, uh, which is a, a time that has a five minute timer on this light kind of gives you the UVB part of the signal. I also use, uh, I'm looking over there because that's where my lights mm. setup is. I have a black light set up as well. So it's really filling in the, the reds, infrareds, and the purples of the spectrum that's kind of missing mm. because windows block a lot of these signals. And, uh, you know, we were born naked. So the body needs full light exposure on all the body and, and your clothes block this. So you're, you're, a lot of people are, are light deficient. So interesting to think about it, like light deficient. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it's, it, and it's the cause of, of major problems. I mean, if you think about this, like what, what grows our food is light. Mm. Everything mm. light is, is the main factor in, in, in so many things. So once you kind of get light right, a lot of things will can, can fall into place. You know, circadian timing is very important. There's a great mm. book called The Circadian Code. It's been Code a game by, changer for me, total game changer, getting that aligned. In terms of nutrition, I uh, my, my diet consists of uh, meat, like grass-fed beef and some complex carbs. I'm, I'm pretty simple. Eggs, goat, milk. And uh, I actually I'm experimenting with a continuous glucose monitor for the first time, just kind of seeing mm. what certain foods do to me and, and how it affects my sleep. I use a sleep tracker. I have an aura ring. Yeah, I've noticed well. that. I have mine here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see... Uh, you know, what you do the night before or the day before oh. and how much it affects your, your sleep, you know, with, with, uh, you know, with the, with the eyes, I, I'm a big advocate of, of blue blocking glasses. Uh, I use, uh, raw optics. I have a discount code for raw optics. It's blind biohacker. They make some pretty great, uh, lenses daytime and nighttime. Um, yeah, and, and I have a code for the EMR red lights as well. It's the same thing, blind biohacker. So I, I mean, I, I really like those. I like those, uh, like those products. Yeah, I'm just kind of eating. I don't know if ancestral is the right mm. word, but you know, I, I really, yeah, latitude is also interesting. Like I said, I've been living in Canada most of my life, but you know, usually I travel to Mexico in the winter to kind of get some more sun and it's always been a, a big mood and game changer for me but you know due to the uh current situation right now it's i haven't traveled yet but uh you know i might uh, find a way to to go south but um you know i'm here right now so i'm using all these other tricks like my lights to to help and sauna i didn't talk about sauna infrared sauna is has been the big game changer for me in terms of detoxification, heavy metals. So heavy metals, it's important to look at that too, because uh, if you're heavy metal toxic and you're in an increased EMF environment, you know, what happens when you put a, a fork in a microwave kind of like sparks and, you know, messes up. So if you have these metals in our system that aren't supposed to be there and even dental fillings in the mouth that are amalgam fillings and you talk with a cell phone, that's like a, an antenna in your mouth. And it's, you know, it's 
gonna mess you up not to mention the the, the mercury toxicity that that they uh that they have so yeah it's important to check that out too yeah a lot of things but but i love just to pronounce it again how the emergent team is again and again ancestral living because sometimes it's like biohacking this fancy thing but in the end so much of what we are doing is just trying to get our body back aligned with nature and that it is that is like the strange thing that this is the hard thing to do and like a tiny niche portion of people who are like so much into doing these things so victor it has been a pleasure super amazing conversation really enjoyed it and to, to slowly wrap up i would just like to ask you if there are like one or two of the most important lessons you learned during your journey to kind of wrap up the conversations like if you would limit it to the, these two things what would you share uh just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there that's that's one of the the big things that i say so just really learn that just because you can't see something doesn't mean it it's not affecting you in a good or a bad way uh which you know stuff i've talked about before with the whole light and emf stuff you know just just be gentle with yourself and and know that your body is really intelligent to heal mm -hmm. And uh, you can't get well in the same environment you got sick in. So once you learn what the environment means, you can make some magic happen. Victor, again, thanks for sharing your knowledge. Thanks for being guest on the show. And yeah, where can people find more about you? You, you mentioned the Vision Optimization Summit. I will put the links in the show notes. But yeah, just to drop up, where can they contact you? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at Blind Biohacker. Uh, my website is uh is coming along as well it's going to be blindbiohacker.com it's I'm just in the process of revamping it but the vision optimization summit.com is is just been launched uh sign up for the summit there's going to be some amazing speakers and uh you can watch my documentary film it's available on amazon and itunes just type in my neuroplastic adventure And it's there. If you have trouble finding it, just reach out to me over Instagram and, you know, I can see how I can uh, get you to watch it. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions about vision, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today on the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast. If you like the show, please take a minute to review our show on iTunes or any other podcast platform. This will help me a ton to reach a bigger audience with the podcast, but also the most important thing to really get world-class leaders, world-class performers, experts, scientists, and ultimately just create amazing episodes with a lot of value for you. Thanks in advance for your support. My name is Maurice, and I will see you on the next show of the Entrepreneurial Brain Podcast.